Welcome to Backsliding to Glory, a progressive Christian podcast and community. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome to Backsliding to Glory. We are your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we are Backsliding to Glory. Uh, It's Father's Day as we release this, Megan. Happy Father's Day. It is. Happy Father's Day to you, actual dad. Uh, thanks. I, you know, I'm not one of those people. I saw somebody today. <laughs> heads up. I'm going to be blocking people that say I'm father and mother. Uh, uh. And so I'm celebrating today, you know, whatever. I, I don't, I don't think that I, I think of Father's Day and Mother's Day. Obviously, personally, I have good relationships with both my father and mother. And so I think of them very kindly on those days. I think of my grandparents, et cetera, et cetera. But also, I understand that for many people, familial connections of any kind are very complicated and come in lots of different stripes. So I think very much that both Father's Day and Mother's Day, and Grandparents' Day for that matter too, although it's one we think about less, I think both of those days are good to remember and to meditate on, even if they're not with you anymore, those people that played a role in your upbringing, all of the, the cloud of witnesses, so to speak, that are responsible for making you a grown-up person who can handle most of your business without falling all to pieces sure, on a day-to-day sure. basis, right? And remembering that not everybody has uh, both a father and a mother, and some people have more than one, and some people have all sorts of combinations. Exactly. That's And some, some people are raised by their grandparents or foster parents, totally. or, they ha- or they just had a teacher that mm-hmm. saw that they didn't have anybody and and was that person to them for the few years that they were connected to them through you know junior high or high school or whatever sure. it might be. So whoever that person is in your life that meant something to you for what they were able to give to you and provide to you, even if it was literally just uh, uh, you know words of wisdom and, and a, a kind word from time to time, a uh, little bit of a pep talk here and there, I think that's what these days are for. If they're alive, I think it is imperative that you reach out to them and let them know what they meant to you if, if you can, even if those relationships are complicated. I think it's good to try to be the bigger person. And look, you don't have to open up yourself to uh, p- potential harm if that relationship is complicated in a way that makes it um, you know impossible to maintain on a day-to-day basis. Sure. But to send an email and say – dad i love you or you know bob or jane or whoever it was that did those things for you i'm thinking of you and all the times that you cared for me and the and the ways that you helped me along the road thanks for those you know and you you can be thankful for those parts of your story and your backstory again even if the relationship's very complicated i wanted to talk about some of that stuff specifically today and our two specific fathers and and things we learned from them we've got as basically all of our other experiences are, Megan, uh, we've got some pretty different experiences. Yes. And I thought it was interesting to look at both of those and how they have affected us and how both of us, uh, again, still feel uh, very positively about our fathers, no matter the the different um, angles that we might have diverged from them and and the different ways that we might have diverged from them. Uh, My dad in particular was a very religious guy. And when I think about the things that I learned from him, the things that I think about as central to like what the story of Jimmy Sharpton is and what he's passed on. The number one thing that I think about is being willing to be wrong, uh, even on you know declarative statements that you've made in the past. And he and I both did the exact same one. I think I've referenced it on this show before. But my dad 
does not believe, if you ask him today, I think he would tell you that it is not proper for a man or a woman to be divorced and remarried, that that's not mm, the plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet he is that. He is both of those things. He he did divorce his first wife. He got married very young. He divorced his uh, wife after about, uh, I think they were married like 10 or 12 years. And then he married my mother after a couple of years uh, of being single. Uh, he met and married my mother. And now they have been married for approaching 40 years. It's we're, I think we're wow. two away still. Uh, this will be their 38th anniversary this this month, as a matter of fact, nice. next week. But I think still, even if you ask him today, is it okay to be divorced? I don't. I don't think he's. You know, he thinks he's going to hell or anything like that. I don't think that his marriage is wrong, but he does think this is a serious way that he has failed as a man and as a Christian specifically. Um, and yet, even though he still believes that, he didn't let that hold him out of the relationship that he was meant for. And he will absolutely tell you that Jamie is who he was meant for. My mother is, is the love of his life and is exactly what was supposed to be his story. He'll even, the logic of it doesn't make sense because he'll even tell you that there's no way the two of them could have gotten together if he hadn't been married before. <laughs> you know, he would have married someone else in the interim uh-huh. if he hadn't gotten married so young, right, right. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, but again, Okay, so he won't admit to the principles necessarily, but he was willing to take the step and do the thing that was better for his life. And that is a thing that I very much have adopted in my own life. And even about this same exact thing, I didn't want to get married again. Not for the same, I didn't think it was morally wrong or, or against my religion or or God's directive, et cetera, et cetera. I just didn't think I was up for it. I didn't think mm-hmm. that I had it emotionally in me and I wanted to be a good parent and I wanted to focus on that. I wanted to focus on my career. Uh, and then I wanted to enjoy my solo life as, you know, not having a lot of responsibilities. I didn't want to have any more kids, especially. Mm-hmm. And I've got all those things now and I was absolutely wrong about it. And this is ex- exactly the path that my life was supposed to take. In God's eternal sense of humor, Joel yeah. has twins with his, his second wife. Yes, yes. Like, oh, you don't want more kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll give you two at once. <laughs> at once. <laughs> How about that? Uh, so so that's the number one thing that I, I learned from my dad is is that you have to roll with the punches. And, you know, if you're – I thought about it this morning and, like, how to make it poetic. When you make a declarative statement, you're the only one that is forcing you to follow it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. just just be willing to uh, say, nah, <laughs> nah, I learned better. Interesting. That's a good one. What about you? Okay. My dad is a really interesting guy. He's a, uh, I sometimes, I like to talk about him uh, on Twitter and, and on Facebook sometimes and call him out positively because I'm proud of him as uh, an example of like, what's your excuse? Like, my dad's this total blue collar guy. He drives a, a one of those trucks with the four tires in the back, you know, quad trucks. He has been a volunteer fireman all my life, um, which is a big thing in the Northeast and New England. Volunteer fire departments are are who controls the fires in most small towns, <laughs> starts them and finishes them. <laughs> That's terrible, but it's true. <laughs> but anyway, uh. My dad is, uh, he's he's just a riot, but he's also somebody who listens and learns and has become a very loud and proud uh, feminist 
and or feminist ally, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever we call the good guys these days, an anti-racist who comes right out and says, you know, hey, <laughs> look at this example of privilege. And he sort of uses words that are really impressively uh, correct. You know, he's managed to figure it out. And yeah, so it's like, so yeah, he's, and he's like really proud of his lawn being mowed in perfectly straight lines and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, if my dad can do it with his perfectly mowed lawn lines <laughs> and his, uh, his country radio, so can every NASCAR dad in the country. Y'all can figure it out. Um, but I would say that the thing that my dad has taught me, um, and he may not realize that this is what he's taught me i mean there's always like all the the general stuff you know he's a firefighter so he's brave and he um he'll advocate for people who are in positions of weakness and all that stuff but a thing that is true about being a volunteer firefighter or being an emt or um or being a he he trains people to do things like rope repelling and trench rescue and he's he's he knows what he's doing he's a he's a advanced level first responder for sure on several fronts um and and trained but what dad does that is a a model i think for all of us is my whole life there have always been like a few people in his circle who drove him crazy and that's partly our personality like we're we're brash people and other brash people drive us crazy and so he'd be you know there'd be other people in the volunteer fire department whoever was the assistant chief that year or whoever was the president of the fire company that year or other people who were on his you know his emt ride-along partner or people like that they would drive him crazy but he worked with them anyway and I think a thing that he has taught me is that organizing sucks and working with people sucks. I mean, there are lots of times it's fun, but a lot of times it sucks. But you have to do it anyway because that's how we help people. And it benefits us to work with other people. So that is a thing my dad has taught me. I like that a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think my dad has even told me this something to that effect but it but but like you know uh there's nothing worse than other people except there's nobody else around to help yeah you know? exactly 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 yep so one of the and this sort of fits in with that as a matter of fact and i think your dad and my dad would get along very well on this regard uh my dad has very much been of a mind that if you don't like how things are you should make them better mm -hmm. it's it's no one else's responsibility but yours. Now, I think my father has taken that to an extreme. Uh, he doesn't understand the importance of unionizing or organizing. Mm, I, I think mm -hmm. he overlooks the part that privilege plays into this and that certain people aren't allowed uh, to make their situations better. But the basic kernel there I got when I was a kid and – I absolutely have adopted it myself. It's, I mean, and you can see it in my stubbornness uh, with the UMC and my desire to work in my own local church and the denomination as a whole and to fix the problems rather than to just walk across the street and find a nicer place to sit. You know, he, he does that in his home. If he doesn't like the way that his home works, he doesn't sell it and get a new house. He makes an addition. Uh, if he didn't like his backyard, maybe he put in a pool 
or try to garden for a couple of years. You know, if he didn't like his truck, he went to the parts store and bought some accessories and dressed it up a little bit, you know, or, or went to uh, the mechanic shop and figured out what modifications he could make to make it run a little smoother. I desperately want to picture your dad as like little old Baptist man with rims that spin. <laughs> like uh, not rims, bad, but like, like literally. Like a spoiler on the back. Yeah. So, I, I, again, I believe that I've mentioned this in passing. It'll be a topic of, of a greater depth at some time in the future. But my, my father is um, suffering the beginnings of dementia. He's uh, um, going through the, the early stages now. And this week we decided to sell the truck his uh, his truck he's had this truck for uh we added it up it's actually been 16 years he used to marvel at the fact that he had kept he had a jeep pickup truck before this one and he had kept that one for 14 years we used to talk about what a great you know he literally drove it until the wheels fell off well this one he's had longer now than that one uh both of them were bright yellow by the way uh like school bus yellow and the the uh Chevy uh, Colorado, or no, excuse me, it was a GMC Canyon. The GMC model is what he just sold, and it was uh, it had a ton of stuff on it, like the the little smoker window accessories where you can crack your window but not get rain in. You know what I'm talking about? He yeah, had those yeah, on. Yeah. He had those on all four windows. He had the bug shield on the front. He had the uh, uh, a winch and a brush guard mounted to the front as well. He didn't have custom rims, but he already like the truck itself was. Not the it wasn't the Z seventy one package, but it was the off road package. So it already had like aggressive rims and and wheels to begin with. So yeah, he he is sort of he does like a little bit of fancy. And again, you can't miss him with a bright yellow truck. Yeah, especially and and people who are not from the from Louisiana or the Deep South might not realize that trucks are usually white and occasionally black. Yes, like white, black, gray. <laughs> now and again, they're red. I was going to say, you if don't see yellow trucks. If you're really, really like, if you're out there, maybe you get a, a red truck. Right, right. But he's, he had to special order it. It did, like, this was a normal color, but he had to special order the uh, the other things, and they didn't carry a yellow one like this on the lot. So he had, he had to wait a few right, months right, for right. it when he got it in. Uh, but uh, but we sold the truck this week, and, and he even, <laughs> like, in the transaction, the guy is mentioned, the guy that bought it was mentioning, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the winch. And dad real quick goes, well, look, I'll give you $100 back if you let me keep the winch. <laughs> And mom's like, we don't need the winch. He's like, no, you can put it on the, you can put it on yours. And she's like, I'm not winching anything. We're all good. Your mom's we're, like, I'm not winching my Civic. Yeah, we're all, we're all set. Well, to be fair, she drives a big, uh, like a SUV truck as well, oh, okay. but like a, okay. like a, uh, a Ridgeline, <laughs> Honda Ridgeline or something. But, but that idea though of like, okay, if you're not satisfied, the answer is not to throw it away. And the answer is not to go somewhere else and be better served. The answer is to fix the problems that you see. And the best way to get other people interested in fixing those problems with you is to begin the work yourself. Um, And those two lessons are something that uh, dad and I both tend a little towards uh, selfishness and self-centered nature. And this is the positive aspect of that i think we are we are also self-starters and we don't wait for the organization to you know write the ship we'll we'll start writing it without them and if they want to get on board at that point and claim it's their idea then cool mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like it here's one more and uh and this is one that i think again 
comes from a bit of a place of privilege that that we can have that closeness with our family still. And I understand not everybody can. Not everybody has that option even. But the importance of family generally, the loyalty of family and and the desire to do right by them even when you disagree and can't have a normal relationship. Even when you can't be friends, <laughs> we can love each other, right? Even when we can't like each other, we can love each other. I guess that's what I learned. Even when we can't like each other, we can love each other. And that extends outside of the family, but that was a specific message that he had for me often with the family. You know, if I was fighting with my older brother, for instance, uh, and and he and I have had differences in the past few years, and because of our working with dad in his recent health issues, some of those doors have been opened up again. I don't have to like my brother all the time. I can love him profoundly anyway, and I can be good to him and care for him in that familial way, uh, even though he and I have these disagreements and I've tried to take that same aspect to my church family as well. And, and my neighborhood at large, a lot of times, Megan, it's easy for me to personally get dejected when I think about how many people in this town and state specifically that I'm fighting on a daily basis to help them. You know, like I'm, you're voting against your own efforts. (laughs) Like why, why are you mad at me for trying to fix your life? And yet I can't get I can't just hate them. I can't just sit in that. That's not, it's literally not what I'm called to do. I, even when even when we don't like each other, we can love each other. Yeah, I'm a big believer that that was sort of Jesus's thing. You know, I mean, they define love differently in the Bible. The, you know, in the Greek, there there are four different types of love. But yeah, Jesus never said you had to like anybody. <laughs> he said you had to give them the shirt off your back and every last dollar in your pocket. But you didn't. You didn't have to like them. Another thing that my dad taught me always and this is maybe a more fundamental thing is that you ride hard for kids and for dogs and for old people and for you know there is absolutely no situation in which you uh watch somebody harming a child or or um you know see a dog in a in a hot car and don't just go ahead and break the damn window um that sort of thing that there are there's lots of times and places where manners are the most important thing um but but there are also lots of times and places where you just do the right thing especially by those who are are uh less strong or privileged I, less privileged is the way to say that I, I i was i'm writing in the show notes here take care of those that can't care for themselves but it, but it's more than that right it's it's about standing up for those with less privilege. Anytime you're in a room and there's a group of folks and there's folks that have privilege and folks that don't have privilege, stand on that side. I mean, that's the lesson. Because God is God is on the side of the oppressed always. If you're if you're ever wondering who who God is rooting for when it comes to, you know, angry anti-gay pastors versus actual LGBTQ people, well, guess what? God's on the side of the oppressed. Promise. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you should be too. And you know what? Even if I'm wrong, you still were right to be on the side of the oppressed person <laughs> or on the person with the less privilege. I mean, I don't want to worship a God that's not on the side of the person with the less privilege. How do you celebrate Father's Day, Megan? What do you, oh, I'll what give do him you a guys call. do? We don't do much. Um, Malcolm, for my son, for his dad, will make a card and I'll 
I don't know, cook something. And uh, maybe ribs. I got some ribs at the farmer's market today that are kind of fancy. So maybe I'll do those. Some sort of heritage pork because I can't say no to sweet local farmers. (laughs) (laughs) Try these very expensive ribs. Okay. Okay, then. (laughs) I get to sleep late. That's that's my big thing. Like the, 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 you know, my children, my daughters still sleep in the bed with us most of the time. They go Mm -hmm. to sleep in their own room, but they end up in our bed literally every night. And so generally when they wake up and start moving, my wife stays in bed and and she can sort of sleep through that i really can't i'm a light sleeper so i'll get up and and i'm like okay well i'll put the cereal together or turn on the ipad or the tv or whatever it is and and begin the day and generally i'm the one that takes my sons to school too if uh if it's a school day so uh yeah sleeping late that's my big thing and then generally if if you know we'll like get together for lunch or dinner with my mom and and dad this year we're actually not going to we're doing uh lunch with kelly's father and uh her um sister's uh, uh boyfriend and uh we're we're all hanging out at their house for a little while we're gonna like do some swimming and stuff like that and then i'm gonna show the kids a movie that they probably won't enjoy nearly as much as i will (laughs) (laughs) but they're gonna be quiet and sit through it exactly it's my day (laughs) i like it would be godzilla but i think they've they've already seen all the versions of godzilla that i think i would like to show them so that's (laughs) that's not gonna be it and uh we, yeah, we've already done King Kong too, so I don't know. I'm looking for mm. for something. I'm Somebody. I'm in a big monster movie mode kind of now. I, movies is a big thing that I think about with my dad a lot. He and I, again, we didn't have a lot in common. Uh, he was always an outdoorsman, a hunter in particular, and and I tried to do hunting with him a few times over over the uh, course of my um, youth, but I never really fell into it. I love the theater. He did come. He was in one show one time uh, as like a oh, you know funny. kind of an extra, which was no, it was a blast having Dad in the show with with my sister and I. Uh, and he would always attend the the performances, but that was not really a world that he understood or or appreciated in the way that I did. So we just didn't have a lot. What we did have was action movies. Like even as a family, when we were very little, I remember watching like the first Die Hard movie together as a family. Like I was small, small, and my sister was younger than me. We should not have been watching the movie, but, uh, but we would, as a matter of fact, so much so that when Die Hard two came out on VHS, we tried to watch it and our the combination of our VHS player and the television were both so aged that they they wouldn't show dark scenes very well and Die Hard 2 is almost all at night and so you we couldn't see the movie and so literally dad was like that's it we're getting a new TV we went to the store and bought a new television and a VCR just for Die Hard 2 on home video to be able to watch it as a family. But like I remember I was about seven years old or so and he and I sat in my bedroom and watched the first Predator together. Wow. (laughs) Which is crazy in retrospect. Like there's no – my sons are 11 and almost 10 to be 10 in July. I would never show them any of the Predator movies. Definitely not the first one. Yeah. But for some reason, the violence was not that big a deal to him, and it and and it didn't. It wasn't that big a deal to me either in the end. But what we what we um, what we got together over was the superheroics in in you know in retrospect that's what I look back and when I watch those movies now like Commando for instance was another one we really enjoyed. that's a superhero movie. He just doesn't have a cape, right? Like, but he he is literally no he's a superhero with a gun. 
You've never seen Commando? Oh my gosh! No. So with Alyssa Milano and and Schwarzenegger, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. it, it is. It's, I don't. And, it's a really I feel good like Father's the Day only movie Arnold too. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies I've ever seen are like Kindergarten Cop and Twins. So I think that's it. So Commando is the quintessential one, but it's also a great Father's Day movie in that he is a he's a single dad who's like a retired special forces guy. Uh, he's raising Alyssa Milano like up in the mountains somewhere, and she gets kidnapped by one of his former baddies uh or associates of some sort and there so the is whole no way movie i'm watching this movie is is him <laughs> is him going back and and rescuing Alyssa Dull. milano as a as a youth it is amazing Dull. uh I'm not watching this movie no 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 but, but but here well but my point is this though like that's when i think about dad i think about yeah. sharing those movies with him about sure. those movie times like a finding okay. the thing that we got together on and really enjoying it basketball was that later on he wasn't as big a basketball fan as me but he would like to root against my team so like i and my aunt would generally have the same uh, favorites and then he would root against us we'd watch the playoffs and the finals together that was you know those were really Ouch. fun memories um and so that's My dad's what, a Patriots fan. It's you know, oh, we all that's the have worst. Flaws. <laughs> that's the worst. So so but that's what I think about for me and those are the kinds of things that I look for with my kids. I'm like maybe they don't like the movies that I like. Maybe they don't like the music that I like. Maybe I don't love all of their hobbies like both my sons are into scouting and I'm not I'm not an outdoorsy guy. I'm trying to do as well with that as I can. But anytime I do find something that we both are, are jiving with, then I, you, I grasp onto that. I try to make sure they take note of it and, and remember it. And then I try to come back to it as often as possible because again, like in the course of human history, like just a few of those, those moments are all you're going to remember. Like really when this, when the things are over, like the, the doldrums stuff falls away. The, the biggest ups and downs mostly are, are grayed out. You remember a handful of the good moments. You remember the, well, those things that you could bond over. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the stuff that you want to hang on to. So this father's day weekend, I'm going to try to, <laughs> find a movie that they won't hate quite so much <laughs> <laughs> listeners he will not try that hard <laughs> <laughs> i'll pop them the popcorn they like how, how about that there you go there you go <laughs> we'll have m&ms in it whatever <laughs> so uh yeah i feel bad actually i haven't been with my father like in the same state on father's day in i about as long as i can remember um so I do actually feel kind of bad about that because I think he is a little soft-hearted about it. But we call him, and and odds are good that he'll have a shift uh, riding the ambulance as an EMT anyway because, yeah, a couple years ago, he decided that he was going to get back. <laughs> he's he, I think he's 60 now, and he decided he was going to um, start riding the ambulance as an EMT again as a job. That's brilliant. Like, he'd been um, selling and training people in how to use – uh well jaws of life is actually a brand like when we say jaws of life it's like saying kleenex or something it's a brand so um he worked for a company that sold a different brand so but that's what he did he, uh, vehicle extrication training and tool selling for a long time and then that company i don't know what happened I, maybe they got bought out or something so he 
needed to find a new job. And instead of going and finding, he's a very good salesman and a very good teacher, but he decided not to do that and to take a break and to go just be an EMT again. So that's what he does. He's rides the ambulance. And I think he's a dispatcher sometimes, but yeah. So, which surprised me just because that's a physically demanding job, but he loves it. He loves it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I I mean, obviously, I would prefer a society where um, everyone, by the time they reach about fifty five, is well off and cared for and can uh, sit on their leisure if they would like mm-hmm. to. But mm-hmm. that's not the society we live in. At least your dad has something yeah. that he really enjoys, and he never would. And I know this because he is very much like his mother was. She died a few years ago, um, Nana who was this, like, really tough broad, raised four boys alone, just really a, a kind of tough lady. Um, but she, after she retired at 65, got bored, like, three weeks later and uh, went and got a job at Walmart. She had, she was a restaurant manager when she retired and um, decided that she wanted... She, she was always a quilter, so she decided she'd go get a job in the fabric department at Walmart. And... Shocking no one. They treated her terribly. She stayed there for a long time, even though they didn't pay her well and weren't that great of a company to work for. So, But she really <laughs> liked selling fabric to people. and t- Really what she liked was talking to people about whatever they were making. Like, she just wanted to talk to everybody about, like, oh, you're making an apron. How nice. So, But she had a hard time retiring. We're going to have to talk about the fact that both of us had nanas that were in food service at some point in the future. Yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah, My yeah. grandmother was a cafeteria manager for her entire career and uh, wow. passed away a couple of years ago as well. Nana uh, is yeah. what we called her. That's interesting. It, it, listen, I know it's a complicated holiday for people. If, if it's complicated for you, you very likely didn't listen to this episode. So this bit of advice here at the end might not hit you. But if you know someone who you know has a complicated relationship with their father or, or, or had no father, in fact, in their lives, then you know that this holiday might be a difficult one for them. And so what I would suggest to you is reach out to them. When you're thinking about those people in your own life who played that that role in your life and, and you're thinking about them or reaching out to them and saying hello and thank you today, do that for those in your life who don't have a father or who didn't have a father or who feel badly about the relationship they have with their father. Um, those uh, people in your life might need a, a little pick-me-up today. So I would say uh, think about them as well. Or maybe folks who feel great about their relationship with their father but are in a family with two moms and feel a little left out just by the uh, the push of father, 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 fathers mm, are necessary kind of stuff. So give them a call and say, hey, I think your family's great. Yeah. And don't believe the hype. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and again, there it's about reminding them of the role that they play in the children mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, that they're raising. So, again – Families are messed up, man, but it is the first relationships that we uh, generally have, and it is the core of how we begin to understand society and civilization, and so they're important um, no matter how yours was formed, and I think uh, days like today and holidays like today – it's a good time to sort of think about that and put it in in context for yourself, particularly if you do have the privilege of of, – having a generally positive experience about that. Use some of that privilege to help those who didn't in one way or another. I love my dad. I uh, I love him very much. Uh, we don't agree on very much when it comes right down to it, uh, but I have enjoyed spending time with him lately. Uh, it is interesting just focusing on the parts of his life 
that I wasn't around for it. That's what we talk about more now than ever before is his youth and his um, you know, young adulthood. We talk about his first marriage. I ask him a lot about relationships and how he felt about getting into them and out of them and all those sorts of things. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting living in this different phase with him. I'm, I'm enjoying it while uh, feeling a little bittersweet about it as well. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got a little. Uh, no, it's okay. It's all right. Up there. Anyway, That's how we do on Father's Day? I also love my dad, and he's great, and um, we agree on most things. And if we don't, I can usually talk him into it. <laughs> Sometimes with the help of my sisters. Um, my brother, my brother, kind of rolls his eyes at all of us, but we we are a really strong lobbying team. So if we need to convince dad of something, we can usually get. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a very good skill to have. I my oh, sister yeah. my sister sent me a message. My youngest sister sent me a message after I left the uh, mom and dad's house last weekend uh, about talking to to him about the uh, the truck, and she said, "Well, how did it go?" And I said, "He is excited about selling it, uh, while he's also talking about he doesn't know how he can get rid of it." So I think I did a good job. <laughs> question good. mark? Question mark? And then good. it got sold. So I did good. I did yeah. do a good job. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, you know, it's good that um, – I here's the number one thing that I think about. I am happy, and I, I'll, I'll think about this for my mother last month as well. I'm happy for both of them that they are in a loving relationship and that they have a somebody with them on a day-to-day basis. You know, just as you said, I'm not – I live closer to my mom and dad than, than you do to yours, and yet I'm not with them very often. I'm not with them physically almost ever, and it is – wonderfully comforting to know that they they have people in their lives as well that's a bunch of mushiness i don't know how much any of that was helpful uh but uh it is uh my holiday so screw you guys (laughs) that's right didn't Um, weren't we off during mother's day i didn't get to i didn't think we were we must have been from all of you it was it was during our our like you were getting blown down by a tornado i was going to cuba (laughs) and so on our phase. Cuban tornado so, tornado anyway, hiatus. Next year, I will I will demand all of the flowers and and uh, and breakfast platters for Mother's Day. Well, I don't know I don't know about your uh, your church, but the my my church growing up every Mother's Day would bring a series of roses, and they would give a rose mm. to the youngest mother and the oh. eldest mother. And the mother who traveled the farthest distance to the service. And oh my the gosh. Mother... mother most likely to succeed. <laughs> well, it's like the mother with the most children. Oh, my god! You know, the mother with the most grandchildren was one, I think, and, wow. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So wow, wow, uh, wow. we can have that sort of contest, but I think you're going to win them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I just want mother most likely to succeed. That's hilarious. The only the I'm only really sort of mother I am is the one that you have to bleep the end of. So, <laughs> yeah, our church um, does carnations, <laughs> uh, and uh, just every um, woman and girl gets a carnation. It's a now that you think. I think ours was carnations too. I just I'm. You thought they were roses because little boys are cute. Well, I'm flower blind. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, just like, right. it's a flower. <laughs> right. I don't know. It wasn't I know, a I was like, daisy. Roses. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a daisy. How about that? That's right. That's right. It was one of the ones with lots of petals, not one of the ones with the, the thing in the middle and the. Yep. Oh but man. Yeah, it's uh, and I know it's a it's a tough 
a tough Sunday to navigate for our our pastoral friends, both Father's Day and Mother's Day, because they are faced with a, a congregation full of people who can't turn them off and say, I'll just listen to the next episode instead. Um, yeah. And have to balance a lot. Because, you know, they have to balance the feelings of people who really are not happy about it and are not comfortable with the day, and people who demand all the praise <laughs> for having created children. <laughs> so, good luck. And think of your pastor and tell them they did a good job. They're on your list of people to reach out to today. Yeah, uh, exactly. Go ahead and throw your pastor on that list, too. That's right. Megan, I... Uh, I appreciate having this conversation with you and the ongoing nature of it. I uh, I like having a time to think about the spiritual aspects of my life and mm. sort of like coalesce it and put it down a little bit. And this week leading up to this, I was thinking very much about like, you know, how my dad has affected my spiritual life. And it is easy for me to discount since my theology is so different than his. Yet, I mean, the very foundations of my Christianity start with the fact that I was raised by a Christian dad and uh, the fact that he was raised by a Christian mother, as he would tell you. And um, so there is definitely an aspect of that that comes into play for, you know, my creating a show like this and, and having an ongoing conversation with somebody like you about my faith and about my relationship with God and so much of that, almost all of it. Uh, comes from him. So thanks, Dad, for that. Thanks, Joel's dad, for that. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's not particularly religious. Um, he's not anti-religion. He just doesn't think it's very fun to sit in church on a Sunday, which is often true. Um, and it has never been really a part of his regular life. Uh, but he does, I think, quietly have some thoughts about God. But he definitely is living out God's kingdom. So I, I don't care. Whatever I mean, I'm not. I'm not a person who thinks that that one's attendance at church is uh, in any way. Um, I don't know. I mean, I th- I think going to church is good if you're a person for whom church is a healthy thing. I don't think it has anything to do with salvation or anything. Strongly agree. And as we know, Jesus got in trouble often about where he was on the Sabbath. So yes, yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with yes. that. Yes. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, Megan. We've actually got several topics on deck, so I can't give you a tease, audience. Uh, I will say it won't be about fathers, so you've you've had your fill there. We will move on to a different topic. Uh, If you have interest in uh, suggesting something for us, uh, please let us know either on Twitter, backslide the number two glory, or uh, you can email us, backsliding to glory at gmail.com. And uh, Megan, where can they find you on Twitter? Megan Romer, M-E-G-A-N-R-O-M-E-R. Yeah, the at. That's my at. Yeah. And they can find me at The Rogue's Life. That is not The Rouge's Life, as we established last week. It's (laughs) (laughs) the R-O-G-U-E-S-L-I-F-E. Look at that. Uh, I did spell it. You did. Anyway, that's it. And you can find us always backsliding to glory.com. Until next week, we have been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Megan. And we're backsliding to glory. If you know someone who would enjoy backsliding to glory, please share the show with them today and send us your comments and feedback backsliding to glory at gmail.com. 
or find us on Twitter, backslide to glory. <laughs>